0: and Lindsay and then today we have our friend Mary with us and I'm really excited to Hi. be with you um, good to be here yeah. so I guess we'll start with our question of the day okay
1: so for the question of the day I'm doing something kind of different um, Normandy you know that I've been doing shadow work for the last couple of months and I've been following. Some different prompts and things that I found online but I found one that I answered like last week that I thought would be a really great segue to our episode today and the question is what is the best compliment you've ever received oh wow that is a good one Mary do you want to start
2: um I'm trying to think I I think um, the one that like comes to mind for me was just, I had a roommate in college tell me that I really was someone that made her feel like it was okay to be herself. And that meant a lot to me because I, I like people like that as well. So the fact that someone felt that way around me, that's kind of the type of people I like to surround myself with. So I really liked that compliment.
1: Yeah, that's a great answer. It's always good to feel appreciated and like a safe space for people. Mm-hmm. What about you, Norms?
0: Um, uh, I mean, I think people generally are like, oh, you're a good friend. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like my core group of friends you know it's like we're really good at giving each other compliments and just being like acknowledging each other's strengths which is nice um I don't know I can't think of anything specific or like life-changing
1: I don't think it has to be life-changing
0: yeah it would
1: be great if our lives could be so influenced by compliments that somebody tells us something great about ourselves really oh
0: yeah all yeah. of the problems are fixed. <laughs> I just thought of one. Okay, so when I was in New York and I was working at um, a publishing company for this like science magazine, which is not really my scene, and I I definitely felt a little bit like out of I don't know, like it didn't really fit in, and that it wouldn't be what I was doing long term. But I mm-hmm. met um, a coworker, and we went to lunch one day, and I was telling him about this story that I was writing. And he was like, oh, that sounds awesome. And I was just like, it doesn't sound stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think even him just being like, oh, that doesn't sound stupid was like encouraging for me and has helped me to continue working on that project.
1: Yeah, yeah, just encouragement and your creativity. Yeah, great one.
0: Um,
1: for me, I think whenever I'm complimented on my intellect um, I feel it just makes me feel really good just because I'm not um, the most educated person in the traditional sense Um, I never finished high school I didn't go to college Um, but I've done a lot of independent study and reading and um, I become very passionate about things and do what I can to learn in all different avenues and so when people recognize that um it makes me feel makes me feel warm inside <laughs> yeah because you're smarty I
2: try I think it's just nice to be seen um and valued by people
1: yeah makes
2: you feel so good
1: <laughs> yes 100 percent I mean. so, which I think is such a great segue into today's episode. Norman, do you want to roll it in? Because I think you're kind of leading the way here today.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, well, I, I just want to hear more about Mary <laughs> and your... <laughs> um, so you started this new Instagram Mm-hmm. Um, account called The Fat Freckled Feminist, which I just was like, yes, I love that one. <laughs> um, and then everything that you've been posting, I feel like has been so um, just inspirational. Because I think, um, you know, like we've talked a little bit about, you know, white privilege and kind of like white obliviousness to what it is to be a person of color. And I think similarly, like people who are thinner or just have, genetics that are more socially normative, like, Mm -hmm. they don't understand what it's like to be someone who's plus size, or if we just want to call it fat, like,
2: you don't understand
0: that fat experience.
2: They have thin privilege. And um, I remember the first time I learned about that term, what it kind of blew my mind. I was like, wait, people have thin privilege. I didn't even... (laughs) think about that being a term, you know? Um, So I guess I'll just kind of explain, you know, why I started the account and kind of my journey into um, self-acceptance, body positivity. Um, So my journey for, you know, body love has been a really long one. And there were actually years where I didn't even look in a mirror. It was just like, really negative. And, um, you know, I originally started going to therapy about uh, I would say like six years ago, and the reason why I went to therapy was so I could lose weight, and <laughs> let alone, you know, never mind the fact that I had clinical depression and anxiety. But the main goal that I was interested in was working on like getting my eating under control. And I knew I had issues with my eating. I thought, you know, I've tried every diet. I've tried having willpower. Just don't have enough willpower maybe therapy will help. And this therapist taught me about diet culture and intuitive eating. And so for several, several years, I was working with her and taking this in. And I, you know, she's the one who basically taught me that it sounds like you need to learn to like love and accept yourself. So she's, she was like, let's not focus so much on the weight loss, like it looks, it sounds like you really need to learn to like accept yourself, the idea of like radical self-acceptance. And um, she was right, (laughs) but it didn't turn out the way that I thought. I thought, you know, if I accept and love myself, then I'll be able to lose weight. But it really just opened up a whole new journey for me. Um, And I started educating myself more about body positivity, and also just about fat liberation, the fat liberation movement. And so what inspired me to start my Instagram account was I was trying to open up my um, social media to be more different types of people, different sizes, different races, um, because I just wanted to, I think if you are just looking at the same thin white people on social media, that's kind of narrowing your idea of beauty to these very specific type of people. And so I was trying to broaden my horizon. And I started learning so much about um, just so much from these fat positive um, influencers and just teaching about these types of things and it inspired me so much one day I was like I really want I want to do this like I'm learning so much I want to talk about this I want to further educate people because no one in my like friend group really knew I felt like was talking about it or knew much about it and so one night I thought of the name fat freckled feminist and I was like, oh, that's a really cute name. (laughs) So I'm just going to go ahead and start this Instagram because I don't want anyone to take that handle. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll do something with it later. (laughs) And then people started adding me because it you know, it was recommending to people to add me and they didn't really know what it was. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I really have to actually do this now. So it was kind of a good thing because it forced me to like face my fears. And, um, I was afraid that as a fat woman, that if I posting about these things that it wouldn't be taken seriously, because a lot of times people would believe someone who was thin, if they're like, showing these data, these studies, but if it's coming from someone who's fat, it's, you know, not as likely to be taken seriously. So I was worried about people judging me for that. Um, but I'm really glad that I kind of was a little forced into just going ahead and and getting started and it didn't have to be perfect. Um, I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people about it and, yeah, so that's kind of how I, I got it started with that.
0: Yay. Yeah, that's such a, a great journey, I think. I think sometimes we're afraid to, like, speak our truth and then feel like there's going to be a ton of backlash, and I feel at least, like, in my experience, that people are tend to be more encouraging, mm-hmm. and I guess maybe if people do have <laughs> not good things to say, they just keep it to themselves. Um, right. I haven't had a lot trolls but you know well I
2: did have a couple of people who added it or like early on and then when it became apparent what it was they like unfollowed which I'm glad I'm glad because you know if they don't aren't interested
1: then definitely don't need to follow (laughs) yeah
0: yeah I mean that's kind of too bad but
1: some of you um, said that you talked about with your therapist really resonated with me because I had a similar experience. Um, I, I went to therapy for a lot of different reasons, but, um, we finally got to the point cause she was like, what is your relationship like with your body? And I just like started crying <laughs> um, and I was like, it's not good. And, um, she immediately recommended that I read intuitive eating
0: mm-hmm. and we,
1: we talked so much about that. And, um, I think she really taught me to see the value in my, in myself, not just in my body. Um, and in kind of making that switch, I, I'm still a work in progress, but, um, Mm -hmm. I definitely had a, a similar experience. So I'm glad that, um, that's something that's happening, I guess, more regularly than people being like, Oh, well, you should try this diet or, you know, whatever they may have done 10 years ago, Mm because I'm sure it wasn't what they're doing now.
2: Yeah, another thing that I've learned um, just in the past couple of years that I've really been diving deeper into this, like educating myself about this, is that we actually don't have a lot of control over our size or even really health. I mean, there's things that you can do like exercise and eat healthy, but that's actually only controls a small percentage of what your body looks like. And I had no idea because I think, you know, diet culture, they make so much money based on the idea of, well, I'm the problem. I need to change my body and I'm just not, I don't have enough willpower or you know, it's my fault that I keep failing in these diets and like maybe temporarily losing weight, but then gaining it back. And the reality is when you are yo-yo dieting or consistently doing that, it actually really messes with your metabolism. It can actually just in the long run be worse for your health. And so it's just, it's interesting. The things that I've been learning has really Open my eyes because it's not like mainstream things that are out there, um, because of the you know money that the diet industry makes right. from. Yeah, so it, it's been very interesting to learn more about it. For
0: sure, that. I think I had that experience like five years ago, where me and my mom went on like a pretty intense eating diet and both lost weight and then like we couldn't sustain it financially cuz it's like you're paying what like 200 300 dollars a month for like the specific food that they deliver to you and then it's like my mom was like well we can't afford that anymore and so then it just kind of like went back to doing you know, regular, like trying to be healthy-ish, but then my body just totally like flipped out and was just like, we were doing this extreme thing. And now we're like, um, not doing that anymore. And so it was like, the problem was totally worse than before we started. Um, um, and I think my body just was like, really not happy with that. Um, But yeah, I mean, the whole idea, I've been getting so annoyed because I'm watching, um, you know, YouTube or whatever. And then I keep getting these ads for all of these like diet companies. And I'm just like, shut up. Like, I do not like need that right now. (laughs) I know. So true. So annoying.
1: (laughs) I remember doing a diet also with mom. I was... 15, it was right before we moved out to Utah, every day we ate scrambled eggs, apple slices, and like plain unseasoned baked chicken. Did I lose weight? Yeah, I lost 30 pounds. Was I miserable? 100%. I was exhausted. It was summertime, so I spent a lot of time just like laying on my bed in my room because I was so tired and I was so Mm. hungry yeah and then within a year I gained it all back and I've done something very similar uh, with yo-yo dieting lost weight gained weight lost weight just over and over again and I'm sure now my body is just like what are you doing
2: (laughs) yeah and um also, if you think about it, it's like, what else, like you spend so much time thinking about the diet and like, what am I going to eat? And like you said, you were being really tired because you weren't getting enough food probably. And so like you're, there's so many <laughs> things that we could be doing with our life than dieting or worrying about diets. It it seriously, it like almost takes away like, some great things that we could be focusing on, and I also learned that, and I was, like, oh, I never thought about that before.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing a quote about people, like, coming together and doing service projects, and someone being, like, wouldn't this be amazing if more people focused on, like, doing good in the world than worrying about their weight on the scale or whatever, um, and yeah, I think, like, we deserve to be joyful to enjoy our lives and I think for me that idea has been coming more into the mainstream like I'm seeing it more in pop culture Mm -hmm. um and I think like that's been changing my own perspective and my own perception of myself because yeah I think for a really long time uh I was just taking in the idea that like I don't have value (laughs) as a person, um, Mm -hmm. because I'm not thin. Um, and I think, I mean, I'm sure that we all struggle with that. Um, even people who would say, you know, maybe have thin privilege, like people perceive their own bodies in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know (laughs) where I was going with this, but, you know, I feel like I have been looking at people like uh, Lizzo and um, there's um, I've been following this person on Instagram who's in that new show, The Circle or something Mm -hmm. like that. And Mm -hmm. her name is Sean Taylor, I think. Um, But she's been really, I don't know, like an icon, I guess, for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Even seeing like, I think actually seeing the LGBT community has been really uplifting because I feel like there's so much about being in that um, community where they talk so much about self-acceptance and um, Mm -hmm. showing themselves and like working here in Maryland um, at the school that I'm at, there's, I just feel like the community is so much about be yourself, love yourself. Um, So it's been, like, I feel really good to be here and to be here in Baltimore. And I feel like part of the Baltimore culture is like being a little quirky and weird. And I'm like, I can do that. Like, right. Yeah. That's,
1: that's something that's actually been really, um, helpful for me as well is just, this is something that Sammy and I talked about on our sex positivity podcast. Um, we just talked about like, how freeing it is now that gender and sexuality are being seen on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Because I think it just really presents this idea of like, there's no wrong way to be a human being. And that, like, just has helped me so much because I think that as kids, especially growing up in a conservative um, household, you kind of have this mold pressed onto you of like, oh, well, you're a girl. This is what you should look like. This is how you should dress. Um, and I felt so uncomfortable in my skin anytime I dressed like very femininely because mm-hmm. it was just like, this isn't me. This, um... I mean, my body didn't fit that way. I had double D boobs <laughs> by the time I was 16. Mm-hmm. And so like trying to dress like other girls that were my age was like, scandalous kind of, Mm -hmm. Um, or at least was seen that way. And I was just like, my skin was crawling all the time. And it was like, well, if you just lose weight, maybe your boobs will be smaller. It's like, well, that's definitely not how that works, but okay. Right. And it's
2: more like, you know, trying to fit this mold when the truth is all, you know, there's so many different sizes and shapes of bodies that are actually very normal and healthy Mm
1: -hmm. um yeah Yeah.
2: um so have you guys heard of the instagram beauty redefined by Lindsay and lexi kite
1: i'm not sure i don't think so
2: they wrote a book called more than a body and um I had a quote from that that I wanted to share that I thought, so um, they kind of are back in the day, what I first started learning, they were kind of the the pioneers for me about like positive body image. And um, they did a lot of research. Uh, they asked women in their research, like, how do you feel about your body? And a lot of women would respond with how they think they look. And they would, you know, basically defined how they felt about their bodies by how they thought they looked to others. And I think that's true for myself as well. I'm I'm fine with my body as it is. But in a larger body, I kind of like fear the way that I'm treated by others or perceived by others. like I'm like, I'm okay with how I look, you know, but it's more that you don't wanna be, you know, treated as less than because you don't fit this mold. But the the quote that I wanted to read was um, desiring validation for your looks isn't bad. It's completely normal. And that positive attention can be very affirming. Beauty can be a fun and creative expression, but experiencing and valuing yourself as a whole embodied human means making sure you aren't prioritizing validation from others above your own well-being, health, and happiness, and not prioritizing an external perspective of who you are. So I really like that because it truly, you know, all of our bodies will change, will age and bodies are made to change. That's, that means they're doing their job, you know? And um, I think it's so empowering to validate yourself and just know that you're more than your body. Your body is actually, it's an instrument, not an ornament. That's what they always say as well. So it's more than just how you look. Yeah,
0: 100%. And I feel like I have that experience, right. Where it's like, I understand myself and understand that. Like I am, there's that phrase that I've been seeing a lot of, uh, recently, which is the, I contain multitudes. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is, it's really hard when so often people are judging you on this like very surface level, um, approach and, um, I mean, I guess I could look back and say that I've had a number of microaggressions, I guess, or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, expect that people will treat you differently. And I, I, you know, definitely, like, I feel like I struggle so much with um, specifically dating, right. And I think like a lot of my animosity towards men comes from the fact that I don't fit into that, like body shape that they want and expect. Um, and then they, at least in my experience, you know, feel like I'm treated like I'm not a person. Like I just have had so many experiences where I'm like, I can't believe that you just behave that way towards me. Like, I just can't believe it. But then when I talked about it with other people, you know, and specifically like my thinner friends, they're kind of like, Oh, well maybe it's just, you know, like, um, (laughs) you know, whatever, and and I'll hear about their experiences, and they're like, man, what guys will do for me, like, they will just bend over backwards, and I'm just like, cool, not my experience at all, like,
2: uh, that, that reminds me of a TikTok that I, I saw, and I feel like I start so many of my sentences that way, because I'm always on TikTok, <laughs> <Me> but <too. laughs> there was a TikTok that said, if you really want to know, like, if a guy is a good guy, ask your fat friends, because they're the ones who, like, if a guy is genuinely just a nice person, they'll still be nice to you, even if they're not, like, interested in you, and I was like, that is so true for me, like, I can point out, like, I can tell a lot about somebody by the way they treat me, which is, like, so sad, because we're human beings, and we should all be treated well, but.
0: Yeah, and in some ways, I do feel like, like, that is obviously a con. Like, it's really unfortunate. But at the same time, part of me feels like, well, yeah, I get to understand who people are pretty quickly because they either completely ignore me, like, literally go to parties and I'm talking to someone and they just start looking over my head like who else could I be talking to right yes. now <laughs> <laughs> um, which is like I laugh about now I was obviously devastated by it when I was in college and having the experiences and going to BYU and just feeling like if you are not Scandinavian and yeah you know
1: like six I'm feet tall
0: two. then it's like you don't you don't cut it. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, I get, yeah, I don't know how to end that thought. But I definitely feel like you know, that happens all the time. Um, that was something
1: that happened to me a lot just living in Utah. Mm. Um, there's this very stereotypical look that women have here. And I have never, ever fit into that. And so like, I was a literal wallflower for many, many years. Like I would go to parties with my friends who met the qualifications, let's say. And I would just like stand back and watch these guys just like climb on top of each other, trying to get these girls' attention. And I'm just in the corner like, well, I'm here. (laughs) Um, just over and over again. And then I did Tinder for a while and had that experience, um, many times. And it's, it is, I think a very painful thing to have the world only see value in your body.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Because those are not the things that I've learned to appreciate about myself. I appreciate my health, um, especially because I've been having a really hard time with my health over the last six months. I was super sick for three months. I was couch bound with an injury for three months. Like I, I really appreciate when my body works (laughs) and you know, the function of it, but, um, it's that same thing that I think that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. It's just like feeling seen for who you are as a person is such a good feeling that then when the opposite of that happens and someone's just like looking at you for the surface level and immediately saying, "Oh, well, that person doesn't have value because they're lazy because they don't have self-discipline Because, you know, whatever reason they're going to justify for why you look the way you look, like, it definitely does provide you with that clarity to see, like, oh, well, that's a garbage person. But also, it's a really painful experience.
2: Right? It is. And, like, honestly um fat phobia or anti-fatness or just the pervasiveness of diet culture is so acceptable it's the last really acceptable form of I don't know how does what's the word I'm looking for just oppression I guess yeah you know, it's very acceptable. It's so socially acceptable to talk about your diet or like my boss talks about our diet all the time. And, you know, it's just like, it's so expected to be like, oh no, I can't eat that. Or like, um, just all these things. It's so accepted and people will be like, well, you just need to lose weight, like just lose weight. Um, but it's really just, it's not that easy. And I, like Normandy was saying earlier, she has noticed that more people are speaking up about this and she's seeing it in more places. And I've noticed that as well. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why I wanted to start my Instagram. I just very passionate about like letting people know this is not okay. And it is okay to be exactly who we are.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I was just thinking about, Lindsay as you were talking and saying like I appreciate the functionality of my body and I feel like I appreciate that too but I also and I'm not always there like there's definitely days where I'm just like I wish my body was different mm-hmm. um but I do feel like I'm working towards getting to a place where I'm like I can appreciate the functionality of my body but I also love my body like I love the body that I have um that's the I think I'm still working on Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. I think because of all of the things that we're talking about, when literally people treat you like you don't deserve to be (laughs) happy because Mm -hmm. of who you are, then it makes sense. Like when people are constantly telling you, you should be sad, you feel sad. (laughs) Um, And so I'm trying to pay attention more to people who say, I am happy. You should be happy. And like, I think I've, I couldn't find it when I was looking for it. But I remember Lizzo saying one time, like, why should I hate myself? Why should I spend my time being so down on myself? Like, I deserve to have joy. Um, Mm -hmm. And And it's
2: very radical to think that way as a person of size. Like, it's it's kind of cool to think about. I'm being very radical by loving myself.
1: (laughs) So true. It's so true. Like, I feel like the culture, the society we live in, in, I think, a lot of different aspects, but also definitely in the surface ways, um, there's this pressure of like, no, you need to feel like, well, I need this product and then I'll be happy. Or I need to look this way or I'll, and then I'll be happy. I need to go here and then I'll be happy. And it's, I think, a very radical pushback And I think almost a form of anarchy in a way to just be like, no, I'm enough. And I don't need you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about all these things in last end of last summer. That's where I just, I got so excited about it. And I drew out the phrase with hand lettering, loving yourself is an act of resistance. Um, Because it is right. Like part of this whole idea of looking a certain way comes from, um, you know, these different systems that benefit certain people. And, like, we're in this place now where people are saying, like, happiness is not just for a few people who are glamorous and lovely and, you know, everyone else can just suffer and <laughs> mm-hmm. starve or whatever, right? Like, um, like, we're allowed to be happy, and I think the sooner that we allow ourselves that, and, like, we were talking about, just, like, stop worrying about other people but at the same time I also recognize like in my own experience how hard it is to do that sometimes because I I do feel like there's things in my life that I want that I feel I guess that I'm missing out on because other people don't like value me right where it's like I would really love to have a partner and I would really love to have a family but I've you know, I just feel like other people are not allowing me to have that experience because they're like, no, I don't want to be with you because you're not thin. Yes.
2: I have I feel exactly the same way, Normandy. I've been struggling with that as well and dating, and and it's just like I'm so terrified to be rejected because of how I look. Um, even though I've done so much work around like accepting and loving myself, but um, and I know everyone has like bad body image days, but it is also just it really is hard <laughs> because people aren't it's people aren't really taught that that we are worth, you know it's it, and like you were saying, oh, you're lazy. you're not, you know, a hard worker. It's just all these assumptions made on how you look.
0: Oh man. So can I say, that on social media or not social media on the dating apps when I'm going through. And when you see that thing that says like, Oh, I value someone who takes care of themselves. Yeah. and I want to be like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you trying to say? You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. I know exactly what they're trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super but- annoying. So I guess the thing that I go back and forth on is like, I love myself and I feel like I can accept myself, but it is very frustrating um, when I feel like over and over again, um, and, and mostly specifically, men seem to not mm-hmm. value me or think that I shouldn't value myself. Right. Just like, ugh, it's ridiculous. So I guess, yeah. I don't know, if anyone has general. Yeah. No, I
1: thought you, know. you wanted to talk about like, each of our personal kind of relationships with our bodies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we talked a little bit about that, but like, I don't know if anybody wants to go deeper with that. Um, I don't, I have a very, very complicated relationship with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So if you want to go first, yeah, go for it.
2: Um. So yeah, I think there's a lot of shame involved with, feeling like you don't look the way that you're supposed to look. There's so much deep shame that it's hard to even uproot and get to the base of that. So that's a lot to work through for anyone. And, um, so like I said, I was working with my therapist on that and I was just like, I don't know how, how can I love myself? Like, it seems impossible to me. Um, but, I had like this moment, I call it my Penelope moment. Have you guys seen the movie Penelope? Yeah. Where she has like a pig nose? Yeah. (laughs) The moment at the end where she's like, I like myself the way that I am. And she like breaks the, you know, the curse. Um, I had that moment where I was looking at a girl who was that and I was like, she's beautiful, like, why don't I think that I'm beautiful? I think she's beautiful, you know? And then I was, I just had this breakthrough moment where I'm like, "Wait, like being fat and looking the way that I look, that is what makes me me. And that is beautiful. And I like myself the way that I am. And it was just such a empowering moment. But I do think that even though I've had that moment, there's still a lot of times where, you know, you get these looks from people, like, going on the airplane, um, it's really hard when people don't want to sit next to you. You know, it's just, like, all these microaggressions and straight-up aggression as well. Just, it it does wear on you day by day. Or even, like, your thin friends saying, like, oh, I'm so fat. And it makes you think, well, what do you think I
0: am, you know? Yeah.
2: So, it, it, it's still a lot of work.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, One of the things I was thinking of, too, um, is just I do think a lot of these thought perspectives are very generational and that, you know, for a long time, um, it really was what was <laughs> like, you know, and I think part of it comes from a survival, right? Like people being like, well our family will benefit if you are beautiful so that we can get money and have this alliance with another wealthy family. And therefore our, uh, you know, livelihood can continue. So in some ways I understand, I guess the practicality of it, but, um, you know, again, that really is like supporting that kind of system that is just more, aristocratic you know you mm-hmm. kind of
1: ridiculous. Well, that doesn't really exist anymore it as much as but- we all wish we could go back to pride and prejudice times
0: yeah well, <laughs> honestly no like <laughs> the more that I learn about it the more I'm like oh my gosh thank goodness that this doesn't exist anymore yeah but I do think like you know and we've had these conversations where it's like we see those same thoughts in grandparents and even parents even though in like you know the 80s was a very different world than it was in the 50s and the 1900s like early 1900s but there's still those ideas of like oh if you you need to look this certain way and so I know like for me, I get on the phone with my grandma and she's just like, so are you on a diet? And it's like, mm-hmm. I just wanna be like, how dare you? You have no right to ask me that question. <laughs> but then it's like, I still have to be respectful because she's my grandma and has, you know, it's like, she does not understand the world that we are in now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we definitely experienced, um, I think levels of trauma from things that our family said to us through the years um i developed body dysmorphia by the time i was probably 13. like i i had been thin all through my childhood because i i danced um competitively and so i was basically in this constant level of exercise and then i hit puberty the same year that i quit dancing And so I grew hips and I grew boobs and I gained weight. And all of a sudden my mom was just like, got to (laughs) stop. You know, you got, you, you have this pudge. I remember she like came up and like pinched my tummy one time. and was just like, we got to work on this. And Mm -hmm. that was um, a really painful memory. And then I spent like the rest of middle school wearing this women's Triple XL black hoodie, and just like, you know, if I look like a tent, no one will know what my body is like. Because I just I didn't know what to do with myself. I felt so horrified. And then my inner critic, though it had already been pretty well developed, just became more and more and more critical. Um, I don't remember if it was Brene Brown or Glennon Doyle, but one of them talked about this concept of like the inner critic is not your own voice. It is all of the words that were said to you that were hurtful that now play on repeat in your head and remind you that you're nothing. Mm -hmm. And I got more and more depressed because that voice became stronger and stronger. And I lost weight. I gained weight. I started doing drugs. That helped me lose weight. But then I was an addict. And like, I just... Mm -hmm. was so all over the place in my own life that that immediately translated to my body and you could see you know all of that dysfunction within my own body and i also had moments when i was desirable i had moments when i was like starving myself and it was like oh boys think i'm pretty now Mm You were treated toxic, so so toxic. It's like I want to die, but um, you know, (laughs) boys look at me now, so isn't that nice? Um, and that just went on and on for years. And then I had kids, and my body fully was like done, (laughs) especially after my second daughter. Oh man, I looked at myself in the mirror probably like two or three months postpartum, and I was just like. I look like a giant blob and I was so horrified by myself. Since I met the therapist, like I was recovering from a lot of trauma. I was recovering from the loss of a marriage, the loss of a friend. Um, And so when I went in, that was kind of my focus. I was just like, all of these horrible things have happened to me and I need help. But then the thing that we're still working on most consistently two years later is my relationship with my body because the damage from that has been so like deeply entrenched in my life Mm -hmm. and um I'm I think I'm in a way better place now I actually went to visit one of my really best friends in Florida last week and she's a photographer and she offered me the opportunity to do like a milk bath boudoir shoot and we actually ended up doing two because the first one she looked at the pictures afterwards and she's like I love you so much and you're beautiful but your face looks terrified Mm. in like 80% of these pictures she's like I can see the fear in your eyes behind what you're doing and so the next day she was just like you know, we kind of learned some things that worked for you. We learned some things that didn't work. Um, we learned that we needed a couple extra tools cause her bathtub is huge and I'm like five foot three <laughs> and I kept like slipping down in the water. So that was also a problem. And she's like, I do these things and it's going to make you feel more confident. And she was totally right. And I have those pictures now. I might, I'll probably send you some Normandy. So maybe you can post a couple in this video, but, um, It was the first time that I saw pictures of myself without hiding behind anything and was able to truly have a moment and be like, I'm beautiful. Yes, I'm almost 30. And that is the first time that's ever happened for me. And so when I was looking at these pictures after the photo shoot, I literally was sitting in her office, just crying. And I was like, Oh my God, what did you do? And she was like, I just took the pictures. Like, you're beautiful every day. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh my God, you're so nice.
2: (laughs) I love that story. And for me as well, like I practiced just looking at myself, looking at my body in the mirror. And then I realized I'm like, wait, these roles, this body, like it's actually beautiful it's just when when we don't see the representation of bodies like ours we just think we have so much shame and we think it's bad you know Mm -hmm. but there's so many people that look like us who are beautiful
1: right right and like I think that if we can find the strength within ourselves to step forward to to have that radical moment of like I'm beautiful and you're beautiful And I feel like the more that can be put out there, the more like positive examples can be set for this generation that's coming up now. And they can say, oh, I actually see people that look like me. Mm -hmm. That was not something that existed when we were kids. I would look at like Vogue magazines and Marie Claire and I would just see these tiny, tiny women And I'm like, okay, well, how small can I shrink myself to make someone love me? And it was like, the smallest I shrunk myself, I was the most suicidal I'd ever been. And I didn't love a single thing about myself. Like, you really have to, like, and it's about that shift of where your value within yourself lies. Like, you should value your body for what it can do for you. You should find the body that you're in right now beautiful because it's the body that can hug your loved ones, that can take you where you want to go, that you can see the world with, and then you see all the value within yourself too, within your mind and within the strength and resilience that you have. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still working on it. I'm not perfect, (laughs) but... (laughs) But, and also
2: I like what you said when, and when you love yourself, that gives other people permission to love themselves as they are too. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being the mother of two daughters, I, I have a lot of memories with our mom of her talking so, so, so negatively about her own body. And I know that that had an effect on me because it was also projected onto me. Um, And I know Normandy experienced that as well. And so in becoming a mother to two daughters, I was like, okay, we're not doing that. My daughters need to understand that they are smart, that they are capable. And yes, they are beautiful, but they will never not be beautiful, no matter what direction their body goes in. There, there will never be a moment where they don't feel that way. And so I like do these really weird things sometimes where I'll like, just come up to my kids out of nowhere and just be like, listen, you're beautiful and you're special and you're smart. And then I always get super emotional (laughs) and they're just like, okay, mom's crazy. (laughs) But I never want them to forget that because I know that, you know, I think that when your kids are little, you get this thing in your head of well, I'm their mother and I'm their whole world. And like for a few years, yeah, that's kind of true. But then they go out into the world and they hang out with their friends and they go to school and then the internet comes into play. And there's so much influence that is put on your kids and they're so impressionable. And so it's like doing doing what you can, taking the, your part of the equation and like just making sure they have a safe place to know that like there are people here that believe that everything about you is beautiful no matter what i think that that's just such an important piece of stability for children and i mean we lay the foundation for them Definitely. i'm almost very tempted to start singing the that song that's like children are our future <laughs> 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 So yeah, that's um, that's my soapbox moment. I'll uh, I'll step down now. Sorry. <laughs> Love it.
0: Uh, I mean, that's why I say to them too all the time. I'm like, you're strong, you're powerful, you're smart, you're kind. Like those are the values that matter. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I also do want to acknowledge that like men don't benefit. <laughs> from this system, right? Like, I think I've known a lot of guys who also have a lot of self-loathing and a lot of body image issues, but they just don't allow themselves to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously like um, the social structures we have, they really don't, they don't benefit anyone um, or they benefit a a small handful of people. They benefit corporations. (laughs) That's right. Um,
2: yeah. And also like the intersection, intersectionality of like people of color who are in a larger body, they also, yeah, they
0: also have it worse. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, well, I kind of want to start wrapping things up, I guess, but, um, I don't know if there's a certain thought that we wanna end on if we wanna ask a question about um, either how you overcome things when you feel like you're not being valued or if you wanna focus more on like, what is it that you do have found to love about yourself? Or I don't know if there's a better question.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that there are a lot of different avenues like, to overcoming those, I mean, like, you're never not going to face opposition, right? You're never not going to have somebody placing judgment upon you at certain times in your life. But I think it's just about controlling what you can control. And it's like, okay, are you going to take that home with you and look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh, that guy looked at me today, like, I'm disgusting. I must be disgusting. You know, it's, (laughs) there's this one drag queen (laughs) that I love so much um and like through her entire season on RuPaul's Drag Race she just had this mantra and it was like water off a duck's back just like I I'm not going to internalize it I'm not going to internalize the judgment I'm not going to take it home with me like I think that that's one thing that's helped me a lot um but I also am like pretty actively working working on quieting my inner critic, and like I'm just a very like direct person and so as soon as I start hearing those thoughts creep in I'll literally just be like shut up no (laughs) we're not going there we're done um and the more of a habit that that's become like the less prevalent those thoughts have been for me um which has been kind of helpful I definitely still have moments I definitely still have days where I'm just like hey we feel gross let's just not look in the mirror like let's go read a book let's go do something else that we enjoy and not um focus on and not giving it space I guess that's a good one yeah
2: something that I've been practicing doing is I get nervous sometimes to meet new people because I'm like, are they going to judge me for how I look? Are they going to make me feel uncomfortable? is there going to be microaggressions, you know? um, And I've just practiced fake, I, I mean, kind of faking it at times, just seem like, I know that I'm a good friend, I, I, I can easily talk to people, I can bring a lot to conversations, um, what I look like should not dictate, even though if at times we feel that way, shouldn't dictate how people see me, and um, so I've just been practicing that a lot when I'm going out into the world, and just like, no, I'm just... A normal person <laughs> I'm, everyone probably is also focusing on their own insecurities and so I'm just trying to put myself out there more without not not hiding
1: away as I have in the past um just because of how I look yeah it's that rebellious like I'm not gonna let them win mm-hmm. you know I still deserve to enjoy my life I love that I love you I just met you today I just I know <laughs> Like, you have such great energy so and like, I, this just, so it's so great.
0: Um, yeah, I think the thought that has stayed with me and my therapist, um, also pointed this out, but I found a similar quote on the I weigh Instagram, um, where it says your weight will fluctuate, but your value will not. And I think that just has really stayed with me and helped me to kind of just shake off, like shake off the haters Um, and, you know, the diet companies or whatever that like, at the end of the day, really does not matter what my body looks like. Like that does not define me. It does not um, like change how much value and worth that I have as a person. Um, So, yeah. I'm very lovable, everyone. <laughs> yes, you are. Um, but yeah, well, any, any other last thoughts? Um, I
2: do want to throw in there, if your clothes don't fit, buy new ones. That was a hard one for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and just wear comfortable clothes that you feel good in. I think that really can help you feel so much less self-conscious in your body.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't follow the crowd and try to squeeze into what you think they want you to, you know, be just be who you want to be. Yeah. I will say, Normandy, you've always been such a great example to me of self-love. I've watched your confidence grow so much over the years and what I was struggling the most, you were just like, you would tell me stories of like things that people would say to you or things that would happen. And you were like, and then screw that guy though. Cause I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, I've never been able to do
0: that, but I'm learning. I'm getting better. Oh man. Yeah. Honestly, I do think that it took being really mistreated to be, you know, and just feeling like. I don't deserve that. Like, I yeah. really don't. Um, and yeah, and just being like, okay, that person doesn't want to treat me the way that I feel I deserve to be treated. So, bye. Don't talk to me. <laughs> so. I love it. Well, thank you all for having this conversation. It was really fun. Yeah, it was great.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh, the final quote we should throw in there. Okay. How the hell are you going to love somebody else if you don't love yourself? From the one and only RuPaul.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we end almost every episode with that. It's true. Never wrong. (laughs) All right. Well, um, we usually end by saying love you, bye.
1: Okay, love you, bye. bye.
2: Um, and Lindsay, I'd love to, like, follow you on
1: Instagram. Oh, okay. Oh, let me find my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh-